0: The Fade the Noise podcast with Brad Evans and Nate Lundy. Place your bets, Brad. The Big Noise Evans here, joined by the good sir Nathaniel Lundy. This is the Fade the Noise podcast, and I told you we're going to be rocking and rolling through some of the weekly specials, uh, a DraftKings sportsbook across the NFL. Uh, because uh, here it is a Wednesday, and normally, you know, we would have uh, half a dozen, if not more, player props available for Thursday night football, but there's no Thursday night football game. And with uh, all the COVID uncertainty that's out there, and thankfully the CDC's reduction in isolation time, the NFL adopting that policy means that guys, whether they're vaxxed or unvax, can get back on the field faster than ever before. So hopefully this nightmare will somewhat be behind us uh, when it comes to infringing on the National Football League. But, Lundy, uh, looking at Week 17 and one of the weekly specials, uh, I want to get your thoughts on this one. Jonathan Taylor and Josh Jacobs, 174.5 combined total rush yards. And if it gets to 175 or higher, it's plus 110 at DraftKings Sportsbook. I think this is doable. Honestly, here is this. You need a magic number a threshold in which Josh Jacobs has to cross in order for me to feel comfortable making a wager on this, and I have not, uh, truthfully, fired off a ticket on this quite yet. He needs to get to at least 65 rush yards. That's the magic number in my estimation against this Colts front, giving up 4.07 yards per carry, 76.7 rush yards per game. They have allowed six running backs to go 65-plus on the ground this season, but Jacobs only done it three times. Now, that of course is a caveat, meaning that you know uh, John the Taylor goes out there and has a somewhat human game by his standards. But if he goes ham, which is certainly possible, unlike the Broncos last week, it was like, oh, we're just not going to run the ball. Though it is the weakest part of the Vegas defense. Uh, on the season, Vegas giving up 4.20 yards per carry, 94.4 rush yards per game of the running back position. So it's certainly on the table that Jonathan Taylor could go out there for a buck twenty-five and then lower what's needed from Josh Jacobs. But again, I would have to get Jacobs at like 65 or higher for me to feel comfortable making a wager here. What are your thoughts?
1: See, and I, I almost say he's got to get up maybe even to, to the 70 mark. But, yeah, he's got to be at at least 65, which is a number that he's only done twice uh, yeah. over the course of the last five games. And, I mean, obviously, I, I you know, they're playing into the recency bias of the fact that he went ham against the Broncos. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, Jacobs is obviously the key to this. You know that JT is going to get as many carries as he wants uh, in this particular Fried. game because that's what he's been doing. But uh, I will tell you, I think this one – it, it, at plus odds, I probably would play it, but I'm de- it's not going to be like a two-unit play or anything like that. I think this is one you just have some fun with it, and then you cross your fingers that Jacobs you know, maybe can get to that 65 mark that you need and then you just look for JT to do the rest. Well, and there's also the Carson Wentz factor,
0: right? Is he going to be on the field uh, given the new guidelines? We'll see about that. He had all the turnover and question marks on the offensive line for Indy as well. It's complicated, in other words, Lundy. And I don't like making complicated wagers. So if this thing clears up a little bit, yeah, maybe a little bit of action, but you're right. This is definitely not worth a double unit bet. With that, on this Hockey Hump Day edition, let's get to it with another Fade 5.
1: Number 5.
0: Oh, it is indeed a Hockey Hump Day edition. Uh, I saw that the Winter Classic is coming up, uh, Lundy, and temperatures in Minnesota at puck drop are expected to be 5 below 0. Five oh, below zero. I mean bitterly cold, uh snot freezing, bone cracking, uh shrivelly in all the wrong places, kinda of chill up there in the land of ten thousand lakes. But uh let's drop the buck, uh puck and make some bucks. Uh what do you like in the NHL tonight?
1: Well, you got an interesting game tonight. I, I got a couple I'm going to throw at you in bonus time, too, but there's one particular game on the schedule tonight. There's a total of six of them. Now, remember, uh, these guys are coming off of a combination of a holiday pause, which they would have been on anyway, and a COVID pause. And uh, yesterday, if you paid attention to the pod where I said, uh, hey, these teams are coming out of the break, and my guess is uh, that defense is going to be optional. There were three games in the NHL last night, Brad. Their, their goal totals going in were anywhere between five and a half and six. The final goal totals were nine, nine, and 15. Oh my God. Uh, so, uh, yeah, scoring is definitely taking place, but let me try to find a money line one that I like tonight. The devils are taking on, uh, Buffalo, uh, both the Sabres and New Jersey going into the break, uh, frankly did not look very good. Uh, New Jersey had only won like three of their last 15 games or so. And I think the Sabres only won two of their last 10. So these are two teams that desperately needed, uh, the break uh, between the two of them, but in this particular case, I just think that the the Devils actually have a little bit more of an upside uh, than Buffalo does. Uh, the Devils should be able to get their top defensemen back, as well as a couple other key players. So I just think they're going to be in a better position than the Sabers, who still have some guys in the health and safety protocol. So again, I've got I've, I've got some bonus time hockey play for us tonight, and it and it ties into uh, some of what happened last night. We're going to try to see if that wave continues, but in terms of just just a straight money line at minus 130. Give me the devils to take care of Buffalo. Oh, bet on those devils and make some dolares. Number four.
0: All right, let's go to the world of college basketball. And we actually have a healthy slate of games finally. Uh coming off of all the COVID pauses. And there are a number of teams that are there's still some cancellations that are out there, but we have a a decent Uh, you know, grouping to pick from here on this Wednesday. So let's go down to a matchup in the SEC that is a a mammoth one, uh, to say the least here. Uh, to round out 2021. We got Alabama at home against Tennessee. Now, I'm laying two is what I locked it in out of the Crimson Tide. At some books, it's all the way up to minus three. I would still play Alabama at minus three. I think they win this thing by anywhere between five to seven points here in the end. Now, these two teams evenly matched on paper. Uh, it's going to be a breakneck pace. Uh, both are inside the top 75 at adjusted tempo nationally. But and for Alabama to win this and to secure me a cash Tickets. They got to cut down on turnovers. A. Uh, They're coughing it up 18.7% of the time. B. They got to win the battle inside because Tennessee can really get after it on the glass, particularly the second chance opportunities, the offensive glass, and outlast the volunteers from three. Uh, Both teams, interestingly, are shooting exactly 33.7% from along the perimeter, and both uh, jack up over 42% of their shots from distance. So, you know, Shackelford's going to go out there and do what he normally does, a guy that can score at will from any point on the floor, shooting 41.4% on the season for the Tide. Uh, But it's Quinterly, uh, who is really underachieved this season with his three-point shot netting just 28.4%. So if he can find his stroke, and it is smooth, it is velvety, and uh, Alabama checks the other boxes I laid out. I think they're going to win this thing again by five to seven points. Inside, Coleman Coliseum in front of 15,000 raucous roll tide fans. So, Lundy, fade or follow, Alabama Nate Oates's boys uh, minus two or minus three against those Tennessee Volunteers.
1: Yeah, I think you're good with either one, regardless of where the spread is. I, I think Bama can do it. Look, this is you, you got to get the warm-up act right before we get to the college football playoff. <laughs> That's yeah. what you got to do. So I would fully expect there are going to be some rowdy and not exactly sober college students uh, who will be taking in this uh, this contest for Bama as they get ready for their college football playoff game later this week. So, uh, gimme Bama, gimme the edge uh, at home. Uh, and hopefully uh, Tennessee doesn't all of a sudden find a magical shot from outside the arc.
0: Yeah, well, that's the key for Alabama, too. They have just underwhelmed with that three-point shot this season, which is their calling card. But regardless, have the oxygen tank handy because this game is gonna be fast.
1: Number three.
0: All right, let's stick to the SEC and let's go to a a spread that may shock some people if you haven't really followed college basketball closely so far in this uh, upended season. Kentucky is laying 19 and a half at home against the Missouri Tigers and Kwanzo Martin's club. And I'm laying the chalk here because Missouri is straight up putrid. And that is putting it kindly. They're an abominable team right now. Abhorrently bad across the board in pretty much every single category. How bad are they, Lundy? Listen to this. At Bart Torvik, and again, I'm removing that preseason bias uh, for those uh, individuals out there listening to yesterday's pod. Missouri is number 268 right now in the power rankings at Bart Torvik. Sandwiched in between Dixie State and Quinnipiac. That's how bad the Tigers have been here in 2021. Uh, And you look at what they have done against uh, Ken Palm, top 40 ranked teams. Uh, They lost uh, to Florida State by 23. Kansas clobbered them by 37. And Illinois... Uh, there, are the border war, knocked them off by 26 on a neutral floor in St. Louis. So this one at Rupp Arena, Kentucky's been rolling. You saw recently what they did, the utter destruction against North Carolina. Uh, I think they blow the doors off the Tigers as a Wildcats are top 30 in offensive and defensive efficiency. They are number one in the nation in generating second chances. Uh, And they're also shooting close to 56% inside the arc, while Missouri, number 238 in the country in two-point percentage D. This is going to be lopsided. It is going to be ugly. And it is going to be an absolute knockout punch early on. So I think Kentucky wins this thing by 25-plus Lundy. Fade or follow, Coach Cal's Wildcats laying 19 and a half against Missouri, minus 110 at
1: DraftKings. I know Missouri is bad, but you're still talking about a conference game and a point spread of 20. They're I mean, worse I, than
0: Dixie State, which, mind well, you, is not in the south. It's located in, in somewhere in Utah.
1: Yeah, don't look, don't disparage the Dixie State fans. You know, there's probably at least three of them listening to this podcast. Don't you do that. I'll take don't the put, under on that. <laughs> don't don't put that evil on us. Um <laughs> no I, I'll tell you what I'll follow in this one but I do think 19 and a half is a lot I, I, this one I still feel like is probably ripe for what we've done in the past which is to put together a couple of alt lines mm. uh, you know two alt line par, two alt line games uh, parlay them together get yourself to like a plus 120 was plus 125 something like that I would love to see this one brought down to maybe 16 and a half just because like I said I, I know Missouri sucks Brad but I'm just saying that that's a lot of points for a conference game again they lost of so Florida State by
0: 23,
1: 37
0: to Kansas, 26 to Illinois, and this is on the road in front of that raucous crowd at Rupp Arena. Yeah, Kentucky for all the cash. Stay tuned for my top picks in the NBA. Looking ahead to 18 points prop in the NFL. Plus, oh, you know we're not gonna stop because we got bonus time. Number two. All right, let's get to the NBA. And the same game parlays. uh, Hit one, lost two last night, Lundy. Uh, And the one with uh, Tyrese Halliburton really hurt bad uh, because he was just short on the rebound prop. But anyway, we're going to get back in the saddle. I'm going to go back to that well in the SGP, and I'm going to focus on a singular player for the Chicago Bulls. He's got to earn all the sausages. Uh, That is Nikola Vucevic. Uh, Taken on uh, an Atlanta team that he just faced. So here's what I'm going to do we're going to do a four leg. SGP, same game parlay with Vucevic. This pays plus 180 at DraftKings. Leg one, 16-plus points. Leg two, 10-plus rebounds. He needs one block and one made three. If he does all four of those, checks all those boxes again, a cool plus 180 at the DraftKings Sportsbook. Uh, and he did exactly that in the first matchup on Monday against the Hawks. 24 points, 17 boards, four blocks, and four triples in in that game, he has been over all of these in the same game and five of his last six, Lundy. And you look at Atlanta, number 27 adjusted defensive efficiency on the season. One of the worst defensive teams in the NBA. Uh, they have allowed the six fewest opponent rebounds per game, uh, middle of the pack, and blocks per game. and They're giving up close to 39% along the arc here with their last three matchups. And according to the Advanced EVP Tool, this is a fifth best matchup for a center among all nba teams so nikola vucevic uh, i think is going to post some serious numbers some very crooked ones in the box score again same game parlay 16 or more points 10 or more rebounds one block one made three plus 180 a dk fade or follow
1: nice little same gamer here i like this one i i, I like this one a lot i'm always worried uh on the made three it should be just an absolute no-brainer, but I'm worried like, oh, you know, the guy just has like an off night. I mean, look at what Steph Curry did last night until the fourth quarter for yeah, crying out loud. That yeah. was absolutely terrible because I had a same gamer that was tied into and him. Will
0: Barton, on- what the hell was that last yeah, he,
1: night? Yeah, he all of a sudden went nuts. Well, look, Steph Curry had not scored less than 30 points against the Nuggets since 2019, to give you an idea of how off of a night that was for, for Curry taking on Denver. But I digress angrily. Um, But I'll follow on this one. This is another good one. And again, you don't need that massive payday. All the props are tied to Vucevic, which you know some folks will say, don't put all your eggs in one basket. Yeah, but if you've got a guy that's hot that you can take advantage of and is going to fill the stat sheet, do it. Um, There's nothing that says your same game parlay has got to be five different guys. It can be the same guy just to have a solid game. I think he winds up doing it. Like I said, the made three, I'm hoping he makes that early so I don't have to sweat it.
0: Make some nickels with Nicola,
1: number one. All
0: right, let's go to the NFL and let's look ahead to week 17. And, and I was puzzled when I saw this one uh, populate uh, at the DraftKings Sportsbook, Lundy. I'm taking the under on Arizona. 23 and a half points scored against the Dallas Cowboys on the road. That one being played in Big D. It's one of the marquee events of this upcoming week's NFL action. Minus 110, by the way, at DraftKings Sportsbook on this one. You know, Arizona. Uh, it's just struggled so mightily here offensively, and it's odd. Remember, there's no DeAndre Hopkins. We'll see if they get James Conner back. I, I think he'll be able to suit up, but man, I worry about this Dallas defense right now. Uh, Lawrence and Diggs, those guys are just flying all over the place. Uh, Whether in downfield coverage and Diggs, you know, with 11 interceptions so far in the season, or Lawrence, like we saw against the Fighting Footballs, not so Fighting Footballs, with the tip pick six. Uh, that he had in that game, the, the accumulation of sacks. I mean, they just dial up the heat. They put you in that pressure cooker. And I think Kyler Murray is going to struggle as a result. Uh, the Cardinals have been under this total in five of their last six games. Uh, so, and, and and under comfortably. I mean, look at what the Detroit game and what they did. Uh, Couldn't even get to 15 points in that contest. So, uh, I think with Dallas rolling right now, pushing all the right buttons, Arizona, May not even get to 20 points in this game. So give me the Cardinals under 23 and a half points at Big D. Minus one at uh, 110 at DraftKings. Lundy,
1: fade or follow. I really like this one. Can I give you a stat from Josh Weinfuss at, yeah, at ESPN? Do it. This is fascinating as it pertains to Cliff Kingsbury. He combined his time at texas tech and then the time he has been with the arizona cardinals and this is what kingsbury's record is if you take games one through seven so this is combining his college and pro career you can combine them he is 27 and 15 Mm. nice solid winning record outstanding you know after that eight and 25 wow this he has consistently in his career, I got, again, hat tip to Josh for, for finding this and putting this together with ESPN. Um, he has consistently been a guy that either teams are figuring out, or something happens with him and his squads in the second half of the year and we're seeing it right now yeah. with the Arizona Cardinals because if you break it out with just the Cardinals in his three seasons, they're 15-5 and 1 in games you know, 1 through 7 and then 8 and 18 the rest of the season. He has got to figure out what is happening to him in the second half of the season, whether it's some changing in play calls, whether defenses are starting to figure him out by the time you get to the second half of the season. He needs to work on some creativity with these guys, whatever it is teams are figuring him out and i think that's going to translate to the scoreboard so i'm with you on this arizona has not been putting up the kind of points um, that we would have expected um, especially with the way they started the season when they you know we're looking at kyler murray for mvp and and, you know that was all the discussion that's taken place but dallas is a different team at home they play better at home Uh, so i'm with you on this one i think 23 and a half is too high i think arizona finishes under this total
0: yeah and to quote the late great john matt boom That's what you uh, just hit me with uh, when you dropped that that little bit of knowledge. Uh, That's unbelievable.
1: Yeah, I I just I saw that article this morning uh, at ESPN.com, and I was like, that that is nuts. But again, smart on Winefuss for going and finding those stats and putting them together because it is obviously a trend that you got to pay attention to with uh, with uh, Kingsbury.
0: Yeah, it's a game of adjustments, and apparently he is uh, you know trying to tighten screws with one of those Allen wrenches when you go to IKEA, and it comes yeah. you know with uh, the couch that you have to assemble.
1: <laughs> I have like I have like forty two of those. I, think, <laughs> I, I in know. I'm always afraid to, to throw them. them. Way That I'm somehow going to need it Alright, uh, nobody's waiting for us to put together a couch for them
0: Brad. Well, nobody's no, but there. they want us to put together more nonsense Because it's Bounty's time What else you got, Luddy?
1: Alright, well I mentioned last night the scoring that took place in the NHL. I'm expecting more of it tonight but we're going to do two different alt lines. We're going to put these two together. Edmonton and St. Louis um, should be good for plenty of goals tonight. So should the Flyers and the Kraken uh, as they will play in Seattle. So I'm taking both of those games. Oilers, Blues, Flyers, Kraken take the alternate total of five and a half and I'm taking the over on both of those. If you put both of those alt line totals together a five and a half turns into a plus 168 on just a simple two-legger and all we need are goals and you know if last night was any indication we're going to have it uh and then tonight in the college bowl game action brad you know uh my my uh hatred Uh, for the Oregon Ducks. Uh, (laughs) However, I will tell you that this has nothing to do with how much I hate them, although I will enjoy them losing. Um, This spread about four days ago was Oklahoma by four and a half. It's now to six and a half, and I'm still going to lay the points with the Sooners. Uh, Both teams are with interim coaches right now, but one of those interim coaches is Bob Stoops. And I just have this Mm. feeling that Stoops is going to come in and just decide to have some fun. Uh, And Oregon's defense is a liability. They only went three and three down the stretch of the season after being in the conversation for the college football playoff. And the biggest reason that happened to them was because their defense got exposed. Um, the uh, Oklahoma Sooners are 4-0 and against the spread uh, as a favorite on a neutral site. All of it is lined up for what I think is going to be a, a big-time shootout at the Alamo Bowl. But even though this spread has moved from 4.5 to 6.5, I'm still all over the Sooners.
0: And I know that the Unders kind of prevailed yesterday, finally, in the College Bowl season. But yep. 62.5 of the total? Yeah. I, take, I may bet that all the way up to like 69 nice and a half, uh, knowing how explosive both these offenses are and how devoid of defense. Each uh, of these schools. The last time Oregon
1: played, the last time Oregon played in the Alamo Bowl was 2016. It went to triple overtime against TCU, and the final was 47 to 41. So, <laughs> we could have a uh, repeat
0: tonight, man. We yeah, really you're,
1: could. You really could. And sometimes it turns into a track meet there inside the Alamo Dome. So enjoy the game tonight. Like I said, I'll lay the six and a half, but I'm also with Brad that I think the total is something you can jump on. All
0: right, I'll go real quick here. Uh, I got another same game parlay in the NBA, and this one tied to the Indiana Pacers, Miles Turner. Give me the under on 10.5 rebounds. Two plus blocks and one assist. That's all I need. Plus 155 against the Hornets. Uh, Turner last time out uh, didn't do much in the box score against Charlotte. He only played 19 minutes in that game, but he has been under 10 and a half rebounds in 30 of 33 contests this season, and has recorded at least two blocks in 10 of his last 11. And he's uh, had a dime, uh, at least one dime drop in six straight games. So of all three of those legs, hit at DraftKings plus 155. And in college basketball, give me the under on Providence and Seton Hall a 110 uh, at DraftKings. Uh, the total. Here is 138, and it's just too high, uh, especially in a Big East brawl of a matchup. uh, This one being played in Rhode Island. Uh, the Friars, number 270 in the country in possession length. Ed Cooley's going to apply the break, try to grind this thing out in the half court because Hall loves to fly up and down the floor. But the Hall, the Pirates, uh, they haven't you know lifted their sails yar, in 17 days due to the COVID shutdown. So you know, unlike Syracuse, maybe they're actually going to come off the pause and be a little bit rusty. Uh, if you look this season, Providence. Uh, shooting just 32.3% from three, number 215 in the country. Seed Hall even worse at number 290 in the nation, shooting 29.9% from along the arc. So points I think will be a premium in this one. I think it's going to be in the 60s and will not escape that range tonight and there you have it that is a wrap on this edition of the fade that always podcast please follow Lundy on social media on twitter at nate Lundy. follow me there at noisy huevos drop us a rating and review would you kindly helps out our show tremendously and as always until next time feed or follow that is up to you feed the noise